Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman. Woo! Here with you on a Tuesday morning. We are really back in the swing of things here at the Super Talk Studios. Glad to have you here with us this morning. We appreciate you listening to us, however you're listening to us, at supertalk.fm or wherever you're getting your podcasts. And wherever you're listening from in our great state, in this country, across the globe, worldwide, Thunder and Lightning. You know, it's. I think I've said some method of saying this several times, but it's kind of weird that there are actually people that miss us. Like, we, we don't. I had shows for a week or two. Actually, I mean, I guess it's only been one week with no shows, two weeks that I hadn't been on. Yeah. But uh, to have people like, are you guys back? We need you. Like, that touches touches the heartstrings. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad that there's there are people in this world that appreciate yours and I's ramblings. Well, we appreciate our listeners. We do. And we especially appreciate our listeners serving our country out there. We always want to give you guys a shout out. And we'll give a shout out to our sponsor over at Strange Brew Coffee House and Turnersman Ice Cream. I can smell the blueberries. Like, Joel and I are a good five feet apart, I think, from head to head. No pun intended. And I can, I, the blueberry smell is real. Need to get pumped up. Got a big afternoon. Got to write some. Oh, yeah. Got to do the yard since I've been beaching for a week. Buddy, I don't uh, envy you that task in this it's, heat. Uh, that's got to get done today. That's um, why I have a daughter. And tell hey, Aislin, get out there and mow the grass. She send your daughter out in the yard? Heck Come yeah, on, dude. Man. Heck yeah. <laughs> Learn some responsibility. <laughs> You're, you got about five more, six more years for you. Oh, you, you Cal best, T out there. You best believe Cal T will be. Uh, yeah, you should get him a toy lawn mower now, so he gets used to. Yeah, it's and, fun. And, and you know, I got two boys. One can cut. One can weed one can, eat. And one can edge. Exactly. Yeah, man. You're, gonna have, you, you're only a few years away from maybe having like a, a business. I'm just gonna sit there on the little back porch and pour myself a dew or a, something and Mr. Spot. <laughs> that's all. That's all you're gonna hear. All right. Good show today. We got a lot. We got this is a catch-up show. We got two SEC previews in the second half and two positional breakdowns to start us off. We will start with the defensive line. This is an interesting uh, breakdown for me in that we're talking about maybe MSU's most least experienced position, defensive line, no starters back, versus their most experienced position, maybe the best position on the team at linebacker. We'll start with the D line. I think we feel like. Least experience is sort of a misnomer because you got a lot of guys who played a lot of snaps, especially at end. You know, Kobe Jones, Chauncey Rivers. He was injured last year, but Marquis Spencer has played a ton for Mississippi State. Lee Autry got some snaps last year. Uh, but then you got a lot of new faces, especially you got a senior who has never really made a contribution. And then I think you've got three freshmen you can sort of rely on in this mix. Uh, let's start at the tackle position where. I, all indications are that Kendall Jones has won a starting job or was going on pace to win one when he had some, some springtime injuries. That's the, I think we talked about this before, that this is one of the most out of nowhere. You don't normally see a redshirt senior who hasn't made any real contribution to this point jump into the starting lineup his final year on campus. He and Autry, you know, they can't replace Simmons. Mm-hmm. That, that's the, that, you have to start there. How good can they be? Can they at least be enough to keep blockers occupied so that Thompson, Gay, and Lewis can make tackles? I think so. Uh, that may be optimism just from hearing the other guys talk about them to this point. I mean, you're right. It, uh, you never hear of a redshirt senior jumping into the, the starting lineup when he's done basically nothing the previous four years. 
And so I guess that is uh, that in and of itself is a reason for concern. All of a sudden, a guy that hadn't done anything is last year on campus. You're basically you haven't declared him a starter, but all intents and purposes, if he's healthy, he's probably starting game yeah. one. I mean, it's um, and, and by the way, Joe Moorhead did say at media days that he might be ready for game one. They expect him kind of ready towards yeah. the tail end of August. So he didn't say that he would definitely be available by game one, but it seems like he will be available early in the season. So. Yeah, but. I mean, I feel like as much as they've kind of talked about those two guys and and that, I mean, yeah, I I don't expect it to be flawless, particularly early, but I think they can hold their own. Um, And a lot of that is just based upon hearing Bob Shoup uh, back during the spring and hearing Moorhead and some of that. So maybe my my view is slanted a little bit by coach speak. So I, I fully admit that at this point, maybe. So maybe maybe we've sat here and, and we've kind of talked about how they've lost Simmons and Sweat on the D line and things and, and maybe that's a bigger concern than what we've really to this point let on. You know, what what if what if uh you know Montez Sweat's a first round pick, but maybe he's in a first round pick in part because so many teams had to key on Jeffrey Simmons. But that's and, there's and, there's some truth to that. Absolutely. So what if, you know, we're just expecting Chauncey Rivers to come in and be, you know, Montez Sweat part two. Maybe not that good. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. We're expecting him to step in and, and not drop off too terribly much. What if, with no Jeffrey Simmons in the middle, State's pass rush from the end position just didn't what it was? And, I, I think you're going to have CMSU blitz a lot more this year. They're not going to be able to get the same. You're not going to get that same one-on-one matchup that Sweat got a lot because people had to double team Jeff Simmons. Uh, you're just not going to get that, which hurts and Chauncey, Chauncey Rivers. And you had and, Gary and, Green on the other side of that too. Don't forget, yeah, you know, yeah, very right. capable Ga- pass rush. Yeah, I think we kind of just overlooked Gary Green because of who else was on the line and Gary with all his experience and talent and stuff kind of got straight overlooked. But he was really good too. Um, I don't know. I, I think there is a a chance here that we have undersold. The fact that there might be significant drop off on the D line. No, it's it's very possible because you look at the depth chart and you got those two guys, seniors, Autry and Jones. And I like Autry; I thought he was he was good last year when he got to play. And then behind them, I mean, you got freshmen. You got two redshirt guys in Jaden Crumbity and Fabian Lovett. You've got you know Nathan Pickering coming in, who I think you expect to see sort of the same role that that Jeff Simmons played as a freshman. You know that I don't know that he'll start, but he'll. He could not start, but might be the best player on the D line. You know, just yeah. from a talent perspective. And if so, you're getting if you're getting pushed around and bullied up front, I don't care how good Errol and and uh, Willie Gay and Leo and Tim Washington. I right. don't care how good they are. Well, they're making the tackles, you know, four or five yards down the field. Yeah, you know. So I don't know, man. There is a recipe that I don't want to say a recipe for disaster, but there's a recipe there for the D line to not be good if you just want to be negative about it. Right. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> You can draw out that scenario. No, you're, you're, you're I, I not wrong. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think they're going to hold their own. Uh, I do think Kobe Jones is going to be a, you know really good. I, I think Chauncey's going to be really good, and I think Autry and, and Kendall Jones and and you know the the youth behind them can kind of hold their own too enough so that you know it's not just disaster. I, I really do think that it's going to be a, at least average up yeah. front. Uh, I think that's going to be the case. But you know if you just want to lay on your pillow at night. Worried about something? You this can is draw, where, yeah, you can draw up a scenario where this they is stink. The, this is the spot where you have, if you're an MSU fan, you have to look at it and go, "This is the weak spot on the whole team." Maybe you know, just because you really don't know what you have at quarterback, but here you 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 know what you don't have. You don't have Jeff Simmons, and Montez Sweat, or Gary Green, and Braxton Hoyer, and Corey Thomas anymore. That's a lot of snaps, a lot. Now, 
another name to watch in here is this kid, Alan Love. Uh, transfer from Louisville. Expected to be eligible, but you just don't ever know how these things are going to work with the NCA. But he would provide a, a, a big piece for MSU. Um, also, you know, a guy to watch out for, maybe Cameron Young, uh, a red, another redshirt freshman uh, out of uh, Franklin County High School in Mississippi. And then James Jackson, who moved back from offense to defense. Now, I am never a big fan of that because I don't, if they can't find where to put you, it means you're not excelling anywhere. I've always believed that. But definitely a big body. You know, it's six foot three and 315 pounds. He could play, he can provide sort of the similar physical stats that you got from Jeff Simmons. Um, so you got a lot of guys there. And I, honestly, I think by the end of the season, the freshmen are going to be the guys to watch. Crummity, Pickering, and love it. They're, they're going to be the guys that sort of take over this position. At end, I feel okay. Yeah. Even though you lose sweat, you can sort of recreate. I hate to use money ball here, but you can recreate them in the aggregate. And that between Rivers, Kobe Jones, Fletcher Adams, and Marquis Spencer, I feel like you can. You got guys who can get sacks. I 100% agree with that. Uh, um, the only reason that I would be at all concerned with the ends is like I said a while ago, you don't have a Jeff Simmons in the middle eating up double teams, allowing those guys to be even greater playmakers. So by the fact that you don't have that on the interior, that in and of itself is probably going to decrease the production of the end. Um, but that said, in and of themselves, Kobe and Marquise and, and Chauncey and company, they're A-OK. I, I, I have no concerns there at all. Um, if you're right, though, and the interior turns into a, a freshman show, I mean, I guess it's great for the, the future of Mississippi State if you have freshmen that you can rely upon at the D-tackle position, but I don't know if that's great news for this year. You know, that's a that's kind of a, uh, in any sport, a, 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 a risky game to play, you know, if you're relying upon the production of, of freshmen, particularly to me, on, on the defensive line. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Especially, or, or offensive line. Especially really. when you're not talking about Jeff Simmons-type players. Yeah. You know, Pickering's good, but he's not Jeff Simmons-type player. And same with, if Lovin and Crumity were those kind of players, they would have played last year. Even with those guys, they would have gotten more reps than they got. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, there, there's there's worries there at tackle. I feel good at the end. I don't feel, you know, tackle is definitely wait and see. It, it was, it's definitely wait and see. But I feel like you got good young talent. You might be, it might be a little transitional this year, for sure. But you're good enough at the end, and you're good enough in the back, the linebackers in the secondary, that... You might you, you might struggle some, but I th- I think overall you're going to be okay. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, I guess your problem comes if if the if the defensive line does kind of struggle a little bit, and like we said, if if you got Leo and Errol and those guys making tackles three four yards down the field, I mean, teams be more than happy to take a four yard run every play. Oh yeah, you know. So I mean, you kind of run into that scenario too if if you're just. You know, you're gonna have you're gonna have to do something. Halfback dive every play. I don't know if anybody's doing that, but yeah. <laughs> but I know one coach who's not. <laughs> I mean, but yeah, st- state's gonna have state's gonna have to figure that out early. And luckily, they have again. We keep going back to this. That Kansas State game will be a good test because that's a team that's going to want to run the football. So if if state can contain them, at least gives you hope that they're going to be able to contain. You know, the first real test for them is going to be Auburn. With Booby Whitlow, because with Kentucky and Benny Snell being gone, uh, yeah, that, that's that's going to be a little little different. But when when they play go to Auburn and they play Whitlow, that's your first real test because Auburn Malzahn will run it up the middle. Yeah, isn't it, isn't it something how the 
the concern might have be a 180 from from last year. To, you know, last year it was like, gosh, if State plays a really good passing offense, and you know, what are they going to get out of their secondary? And of course, secondary proved to be darn good, so you don't have to worry too much. But now this year, it's like, what if you play a team with a, you know, uh, a Booby Whitlow, whoever, you know, that can can just you know pound you a little bit or. or you kind of have a 180 from year to year. Yeah. You know, last year you were all concerned if you played a, a high-powered passing offense. Now you you might be a little more concerned if you if you have a back or a quarterback or somebody that can take advantage of a yeah, some inexperience. On last year we were worried about the secondary. This year we were worried about the defensive tackles. It worked out last year. We'll see if it works out uh, this year. Uh, but then we go to the linebackers who I think as good as any in the SEC. I think Errol Thompson may be the best linebacker in the SEC. Willie Gay might be the best athlete of all of them. And Leo Lewis, you know, for all the uh, the off the field and for all the uh, the ups and downs in his career, I mean, I think most people would tell you if that's your third best linebacker, you're probably in pretty good shape. Yeah. And then you got guys like Tim Washington, who's got a ton of experience. And then you go again with a group of redshirt freshmen that I'm interested in seeing: and Nathan Brule, no, I'm sorry, Aaron Brule, Nathan Watson, and Jet Johnson. You got you got some. You got a lot of talent up front, and then that's going to allow you to play those guys behind them, and 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 not because you can put Brule out there with Lewis and, and Gay, you can put Thompson and, and Lewis out there with Watson, and feel you can mix and match these pieces. I think that's going to be uh, the state's going to use a lot of guys in a lot of different situations here. And the other thing I like about them is I think they're all interchangeable. I think Thompson can go outside and play. Yep. Willie Gay can certainly play in the middle. No, no, Leo Lewis can play in the middle. Yep. It- for all the concerns that you might have at other spots, my concern level at the linebacker position is zero. You know, because you can even you know you with a Tim Washington and those guys back. And I mean, you can absorb an injury or two. Yeah, if you had it. Uh, not that that's an ideal scenario, but you still feel okay about the position group if somebody goes down. Maybe if Errol goes down, maybe that's one where you're kind of. I mean, he's been such a key part of this team the last couple of years. Right. He, he might be a guy that. Um, kind of like a Jake Mangum in baseball, It'd just be an emotional blow for him yeah. to be off the field, team captain, whole nine yards with him. But, right. um, but from a just talent standpoint, there's there's no um, concern at all there. And, and you look at, I would love for us, and, and maybe we can this year. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I'll uh, we'll talk to these media relations guys at state who are fantastic with us and things, and see if we can't get some Leo Lewis comments this year because we, we really haven't talked to Leo Not Lewis in, in a couple of years. I would love to talk with him and just – I don't want to rehash the past. You know, mm. I don't want to do any of that. But I would like to find out just how much did that impact your play. Yeah. You know, that weighing on your mind well, that's, and, It's and a things, tough question for him to answer, though, because – It is. You know, if he says it did, then – First off, you you talk about giving trolls power. Yeah. You know, but nobody wants to do that. But at the same time, if he says he does, it didn't I feel like he's not telling us the truth. So. Yeah, I was gonna say to me, it absolutely did. It had to. How much it did? It had to have. I mean, you you can't I've I've said this before on this show that and on, on previous shows that you can't open social media every day, see that you have a hundred notifications and like seventy five of them are people like, I hope you get in a car wreck, I hope you die. I hope your legs break and you can't – I hope all this bad stuff – you can't read that every day and it not eventually get to you. Yeah. All right? Outside the fact of you got to show up in courtrooms and yeah. NCAA, you know, investigators. Right. And, right. And, and, and people and are, you know, making up stories about you. you know, you're not going to yeah. be able to play anymore, which is all crap. 
You know, it, there has to it be has a, to be a point. Yeah, there has to be. A He's large, just a man. There has to be a large part of Leo Lewis, and I know we're just speculating here, yeah. but I'm just. Well, that's all to we can do because we don't ever get to talk to yeah, him. Yeah, I know. I'm trying to put myself in his shoes. There has to be a large part of him that's just like, get me out of college. Yeah, I was. I was a little surprised. I think if he had had a little bit better year last year, he would have gone. But yeah, I think, I think he. I he mean, would, he, he had no he, path to get. Yeah, he, he just didn't feel like NFL, he could get drafted. Right. So I, th- that said, maybe now that the finish line's in sight, he could, you know. The, c- because he was so good as a freshman. This is definitively on a terrible defense. This is definitively his last year, his last chance to make an impression to to get in the league. Um, he's another year removed from all that. We saw his freshman year. You know, he was really good. Yeah, on a bad, <laughs> bad defense. <laughs> so it's not like that. The talent isn't there. It's right. there. I mean, he could step in and just have a like an all SEC caliber year. Yeah. And it wouldn't totally be out of nowhere, you know. I mean, we know that the talent is in there. Maybe, just maybe, with all that crap in the past, maybe this is the year that he he, he just roars and, and becomes what we always thought that he would be. And if that's the case, and you have that Leo, and we all know what Willie's rising to be, and yeah. Errol is already an all-SEC guy. Yeah. Holy cow, man. You got, you got some talent there. You got some, some positions there. You can move stuff around, you know, and then that can elevate the defensive tackles, I think. I think it yeah. can because, you know, you can put those guys and plug up the middle and then feel good about it. And those guys are also talking about pass rush. Willie Gay is a guy who can get after the quarterback. So can Thompson. The other thing I like about Gay and Thompson specifically is you don't lose much in coverage with those guys. Thompson's really, really good in coverage, and, and Gay as an athlete can cover just about anybody. So they don't have to come off the field. And if you know, uh, if State Tommy goes Stevens, four two five even, and if Tommy Stevens and Keaton Thompson both go down, just put Willie Gay at quarterback and let him rush for three hundred yards. Ricky again. Woods would tell you that's the plan. <laughs> I will never forget sitting there at Starfall High and, and going Willie, head to head with Cam Akers, right? Uh, I'm pretty well, sure I'm right. Well, he, he played a couple of games at QB down the stretch. Yeah, and, and yes, I think the next I saw him the first week against that, that he played, and, and that was not against Cam. I think the next week he played against yeah. Cam Akers, but uh, but anyway. They knew exactly what was coming. I mean, every play it was just Willie take the snap, Willie run, and he just murdered him. Murdered him. I remember keeping up with that game on Twitter. It's going, he's car- he must have carried the ball 50 times. And he did. He yeah. carried the ball 50 times in that game. I was like, how can they not stop this? <laughs> like, how is this even happening? I mean, this is 6A football, yeah. you know, you, in, in pretty good teams, and they yeah. just could not could stop, not stop it. it. Yeah. And, and Will Salmon. That was really that was where he's even on the state beat, I think, or maybe it was maybe it was, no, he would have still been covering but recruiting. In anyway, uh, I remember after the game, Will asked Coach Wood, <laughs> "So why did you go with with Willie? You know, why why, why was Willie quarterbacking tonight?" And Coach Woods, you know, in his Southern twang, "Well, can't you tell, Will? <laughs> he rushed for three hundred and something yards, and geez, man, what a what a showing that was! I don't expect that to to happen at the SEC level, but that, that's the kind of athlete that Willie Gay yeah, is. He's a fantastic athlete, no question about it. So. Defensive line, got some questions. No, no worries at linebacker. And, you know, I, I honestly do think you're going to see those young guys make a put. Now, and I, I, maybe I'm not as worried as you are because I think they're talented. I think Lovett is a guy who, if State had not been as deep on the defensive line as they were a year ago, would have played a lot. Yeah, well, I'm not worried. I mean, I've said it on the show. And then Pickering, I think, is going to be a future star. I've said on the show numerous times that for whatever reason, and again, maybe I'm swayed by Coach Speak, I don't think it's going to be a problem. I'm just saying that – if you're one that likes to That's the break one. down why you, you know, that, that just likes to complain or worry about stuff, Are you talking there, about me? there's you a spot. That sounds like me. Yeah. Few fits. There you go. All right. 
Uh, we got a couple of... Uh, hey, that was nice. Uh, I got a couple of uh, schedules for us here. A couple of uh, pre- previews to do. Which one do you want to do first? Do you want to go with the best team or the worst team? Let's go with the worst. We'll start with Vanderbilt then. Derek Mason, this is year five of Mason? Is that right? He, he's he's kind of been like a cockroach in that he just keeps I surviving. just thought a cockroach. Just like he just keeps... Well, his first... Just, just when you think you've caught his him... His first year, they were awful. And then his second year, then they almost lose to UMass. And I was like, man, he's not going to make it out of yeah. this week. And then they came back and won that game. And then they end up going to... They've been to, what, two straight bowls, I think? Yeah, and he's had a year... And two, he's beaten Tennessee three straight times. Yeah, he's had a year or two there where he, like, crushed Ole Miss and Tennessee at the end yeah, and, and saved his job saved his kind job. of thing. And so we'll see what happens this year. I always love coming to these uh, preview pages on Google before the season starts when everybody's tied for first. So Vanderbilt first in the SEC East. Uh, Why would you put Vandy first? In the, wouldn't they go alphabetical? They're tied. They're all tied for first. Everybody, I, I know that, but usually when there's a tie, like you just go alphabetical. No, they're all tied for first. They're all zero and zero. Sure. Give, so, it, give it to well, them. Well, Vanderbilt will be uh, in, in last place in the SEC very, very quickly because they start the year off with Georgia. That is their first game. That's not the ideal way to start the season against maybe the best team in the country. You know, one of the top three teams in the country. Not great. Not ideal. It's an L. It is. They're 0 and 1. And then they go to they uh they go to Purdue. Purdue is a interesting team. They have a they went to a bowl game last season. They, they have trounced Ron- in it, but they did. But they played Auburn. They play uh, and they have Rondell Moore, who I don't know if you saw on Twitter today. Reggie Bush was saying, "I watch this guy's film, and he reminds me of me." Hmm. I don't know if there's a much higher praise in college football than somebody saying they remind you of Reggie Bush, especially when Reggie Bush is the one. And saying Reggie Bush is the one saying it. Reggie Bush. This is no sure thing for sure. I would not take Vanderbilt to win this game. And it's at Purdue. It's at Purdue. The Boilers. My gut instinct there is Purdue. Okay, so zero and two. I mean, do you disagree? No, I don't. Okay. <laughs> then guess what? LSU. That's zero and three. They're zero and three. This is a, this is the swan song, man. It's got to be right. Of course, you know, you look at Vanderbilt last year, they had Notre Dame beat. They had them on the ropes and just couldn't knock them out. So maybe they can be that when they're predicting them. But right now, I wouldn't predict them to win it. So they're 0-3. Maybe 1-2, but we're going 0-3. We're going 0-3. Right they can maybe turn it around in the next three, though. Uh, they have Northern Illinois. That's a win. They should be able to win that. Then they go to Ole Miss. This is sort of the game of the season, right? they got to win this to get to 2-3. and three. If he loses that game, if he's, Derek Mason loses fired. that game, th- that, then it's officially the Derek Mason farewell tour. And at the end of the day, Vanderbilt can run the ball. Keyshawn Vaughn, pre- a preseason All-SEC back on Ole Miss is still bad defensively. I'll take, I'll take Vanderbilt to win this game. And Vandy's kind of owned them, what, the last decade or so. It's really funny that, yeah, that's correct. Basically. Isn't Vandy like 6-4 and four the last 10 years something or something like that? that. I know that. I, I may not I be think, exactly I think right. Franklin was. He, Franklin was there. I think four years, and he was three and one or something like that. And then Mason's won two of the last three. You know, they beat Shea uh, in Nashville. The last two in Nashville, Vandy's won. So yeah. yeah. O- Ole Miss getting that quote unquote lucky draw of getting Vandy every year hasn't, hasn't really been so out. lucky. Hasn't really worked uh, out of late. Them. But I just, I just feel like. That even with new coordinators and things, I just think Ole Miss is going to still be terrible defensively. Yeah. And, but the thing, can Vandy score? Even against a terrible defense, can Vandy score? And I don't know the answer to that. They did last year. Uh, Vandy, though, will probably be good defensively. Can Ole Miss score? So there's that, too. Um, man, this is a coin flip game for me. I, well, you got to flip the coin. Yeah. It's in Oxford. 
You're going Ole Miss? Yeah. All right. So you've got him now at one and four. But he's two, gone. Two. No. I had him beat. No, that's right. No, yeah, it is two and four because they beat that Eastern Illinois or That's whoever. one and four. They We haven't gotten to the second win yet. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. I had Ole Miss oh, no, you win have, this game. Yeah, yeah. You have yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah. One and four. Yeah, they're one you're and four. Right. I have them at two and three. Okay. I'm at one and four. They yeah. play UNLV next. I think I'll give them a win there. Against, yeah. Back-to-back games against the Rebels. You don't see that very often. Hmm. The running, ver- you know, as opposed to the other version. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say anything. Uh, so I got them three and three. You're going to have them two and four. Yeah. And then, you know, they finish the season the way Vanderbilt finishes seasons with all conference games. Uh, also, they have, they have one in the middle there. Uh, Missouri. Loss. I think they beat Missouri last year, didn't they? I don't remember, but I'm going lost this season. Probably. Don't probably. even know where it's at, but I'm going it's lost. In, it's in Vanderbilt. I'm kind of sort of. I don't want to say high on Missouri, but I'm higher on Missouri than I'm on Vandy. Right. Uh, I'll say loss, yeah, for sure. So uh, three and four, two and five. Uh, at South Carolina. I think that's a loss. It's a loss. So now they're two and six. They got to, they got to win out for you to get to a bowl game. That's not going to happen probably. Uh, I, I'll say that's a loss as well. So three and five for me. Um, at Florida, loss. Loss. I'm at two and seven. Two and seven. You're uh, at three I'm, and three and six. Uh, Kentucky comes to them. I think they can beat Kentucky. It's in Vandy. Yeah. I just think Vandy's going to stink. I do too, but so is Kentucky. And I don't think Kentucky's going to be good, but I, th- I really think they might be better than Vandy. Uh, I'm going loss. All right, so you got him at two and eight. Yeah, he's definitely fired at this point. Yes. Uh, I've got him at four and six, so there's t- there's a chance for him with me because they finish- the next game is against East Tennessee State. That's an when? FCS team. They should be able to win that game. And then they go to Knoxville. And they've beaten Tennessee three straight. And, I mean, if Pruitt does, loses his first two to, to uh, Vanderbilt, he's in trouble in yeah. year three automatically. Because uh, you got to figure if they lost to Vanderbilt, they probably lost, they probably needed this game for bowl eligibility anyway. Three and nine for me, they're losing to Tennessee. I think you're right. I think they'll lose to Tennessee. So I'm five and seven. He might state keep his job at five and seven. He might get into an he APR might. bowl, to be honest. I got him at three and nine looking he's for gone. a job. He's out at that point. So it's three and nine. For Vanderbilt. All right. So next week we're doing Kentucky because because the last two weeks we have State and Ole Miss. Um, but right now we have Alabama. Are we wasting our time? Yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to do it anyway. <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm disappointed. These last two, you know, Alabama has always been good for these start the season with these great games, right? And then, like you know, two years ago it was Florida State, and even though Florida State ended up being terrible, they were number three in the country. Yeah, there was and excitement. We were for like, that. that's going to be one of the best games of the season, and it ended up not being, but it's just the way it was. Then last year they played a down Louisville team and just humiliated them. And this year they have Duke. Yeah, no. I mean, what? So, I saw an interesting stat today. And I, I, MSU is probably in the same boat as Alabama. But Alabama si- a, uh, signed a deal. They're playing Wisconsin in 2024-2025. So, home and home. And that will be the first. Tra- other than, you know, they played Penn State a few times. But as far as traditional Big Ten teams, it's their first trip to a Big Ten team since 1928. Wow. I'm trying to think when's this last time State went to a Big Ten team. It has not happened mm. in the modern era of football to my knowledge. Like, I'm talking about like 1980 on. No. They haven't played at Purdue or Indiana. You think about teams they would play. They wouldn't play Michigan or Ohio State, obviously. They've played Michigan in bowl games. Bowl games. Played, played Iowa North- in a bowl played game. Played Iowa, played Northwestern. But not, on the road, I can't remember. They'll go to Minnesota, I think, in what twenty twenty six something like that. Yeah, it's. So we'll see if we're still alive to cover those. I, uh, hope I will be. I'd only be forty one. If I don't, then tragedy struck. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, you know, being around me, you never know. Well, you too, because you would only be what, like forty something. Twenty twenty six. Yeah. I would be. Right, you'll be fifty something. That's seven years from now. I'll be fifty. That's rough. Uh, <laughs> New Mexico State win at South Carolina. I don't think the ghost of uh, Let, let's just play the game because Steve Steve Garcia look, is going to show up. We both got them going twelve and zero, right? The let's, let's I, I, that's what I find a game. Find the games that we think could maybe be in loss at Texas A and M. Yeah, I mean A and M about beat Clemson last year. A and M, I mean, it's at A and M. I mean, obviously we think we both have them going twelve and zero, so yeah, we think Alabama's going to win the game. But that's one. But that's one. LSU. This is the it's at Alabama, but that's their best chance for a loss. Yeah. Uh, and then Auburn. I mean, it's because it's Auburn, and strange things have happened in that series in the past. But on that, there are only really three times that Alabama's going to show up, and they don't just have to show up. Look, this is a this is a Mississippi State podcast, so let's talk about this for a second. Bama traditionally doesn't play well in Starkville. No, they don't. Do you give State? They did. They did in fifteen. And that was yeah. It, that was it. Do you give State any chance? Any chance? Let me see what can I answer your question after the first couple of games, and I see what Tommy Stevens is. Okay. Because then, yeah, because if State had had any kind of offense last year, they'd have been in the game. They had a chance to win. Yeah. So if they have any time of offense this year, now I think Alabama's going to be better defensively than they were a season ago. They bring back a ton. Um, and then offensively, everybody's back. And you're not as good defensively. So, I mean, Alabama could put some points up. But, you know, I didn't think they had a chance two years ago. And State had the right game plan, and they made it work, and they were, they were in the ballgame and had a great chance to win. Arguably should have won the game. Arguably should have won the game, but didn't. So, 12-0 for the Crimson Tide. And uh, I think I – think I think 13 or no. I think they'll beat Georgia and they'll play in the playoff and then we'll see what happens. I really do believe the playoff is going to be undefeated Clemson, undefeated Alabama, and one lost oh, Georgia. Yeah. Uh, we're, and then I don't know who the fourth team is. We're headed for Alabama. Probably Clemson. Oklahoma, which I, I would love to see. Matt, Jalen Hurts versus Alabama. I would love to see that. It'd be really it'd be good. That and then Georgia Clemson is just a, is, be a solid game. You know, I know that we actually had this conversation on this very program not too long ago, but. I know there's some argument that like Alabama Clemson the inevitable is kind of at least for me it kind of seems a little boring but sign me up to watch that game again. I'll watch the game. Yeah. I mean like Trevor Lawrence versus Tua a ticked off Nick Saban maybe from what happened last year. I know it's like part what? Well, how many Alabama Clemson playoff matchups will this be now? Would it, would, this if would it be happens, round, this is round 5. Four? 5. 5. They let's see. Bama uh lost to them in or beat them in 15. Lost to them in 16, beat them in 17, lost to them in 18. So this would be round five. Best three out of five. Sign me up. Man. I mean, I mean, it'll it'll be an entertaining game. But I mean, if you're telling me right now that the playoff, it's the, it's the same playoff bracket as it was in 2017 that I'm thinking. It's Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, uh, Oklahoma. Oklahoma. But if I can get Georgia, Clemson on one side and I get Oklahoma, Alabama with Jalen Hurts having to play against his old team, I'm watching the hell out of that. Oh, yeah. That's exciting to me, you know. Would you root for Jalen Hurts to absolutely Alabama? Are you kidding me? First <laughs> off, I've gotten a lot of, of heat for being a Jalen Hurts mark, a mark for Jalen. I think he's a good quarterback. I mean, you know, everybody oh he has Alabama's talent. Okay, but he still had to get him the ball, and I mean he won a lot of games. So, you know, don't don't act like that. You can just you know put anybody in there and win. You know, you got to be pretty good. And yeah, I would cheer for for them. Absolutely. I'm not a whole, you know, vote root for the SEC. I don't really care one way or the other. 
But in that game, for sure, I'm rooting for Oklahoma. Much to Tyler Horkus' chagrin, I'm sure. TouchdownAlabama.com and Roll Titerson and all those other guys. That'd be a heck of a matchup for those guys to cover that week. They would. They I mean, would. They would know how. To, they would know how to how to handle it. So, all right. Tomorrow what was it Todd Rollerson and Roll Totter? Roll. See, here's what it was supposed. To be. It was supposed to be Todd Rollerson and Roland Titerson. <laughs> But it became Tide Rollerson. His first name became Tide. Like that's I put that on Bob. He could never get it country enough uh, to, to make it work. And then we had what uh, Newton Cameron and Hare Jordan on the Eagles of War. We might have to bring some of that stuff back. That was fun. We'll see. All right, tomorrow's show is all about Tennessee. We're going to preview that game. We're going to box score that game. We're going to talk a lot about Mississippi State's trip up to Knoxville, and that that's really the key game of the... <laughs> is there a funnier you're video... You're supposed to talk over this, but is, you're not. Is there a funnier video on, on the internet than the Vanderbilt students playing Rocky Top at the frat house as the Tennessee fans are having to drive past it after they beat... <laughs> There's no funnier video. I laugh every time I watch it. But that said, a uh, key game for Mississippi State and for Tennessee, in my opinion. So I got an inter- a couple of interviews, a couple of irons in the fire to get an interview. We'll have somebody on with us uh, tomorrow to talk about the volunteers. Guys, have a great Tuesday. I'm back with you on Wednesday morning. For Joel T. Coleman, Woo! I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi Media Production.